the Bible says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Uh, Father, we see that you want us to be blessed. That's why you give us the law. Please help us to learn from it in these different Sundays that we have, that we might learn to walk in the way of the Lord and to walk in the law of the Lord, that we might become like you. And we pray that you will help us to understand and to live. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read Exodus chapter 20, uh, which is on page 61. And I'm going to, yes, it's the second book of the Bible, number two book of the Bible. Yes? And Exodus chapter 20. Uh, same, yeah, sec, second book. No, not same, not same page. No, uh, it's uh, it's uh, chapter twenty, verse one. And God spoke all these words, saying, "I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me." You should not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You should not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the, in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear witness against your neighbor. You shall not, not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us and we listen to you, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, do not fear, 
for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was now we're going to be uh, studying that uh, in our different uh, groups let me pause and the children will leave okay we start and we want to ask the question why do we have rules why law why command yeah to keep us safe yes so we don't so we don't die that's right good answers but we might say do we really need somebody to tell us not to kill someone no because I, I don't think that uh, uh, Nolene is going to kill anyone uh, not because someone told her not to because she's not going to kill anyone and the people who do kill other people uh, they kill them not because they don't know the law they know the law they, it doesn't stop them killing so what's the point of law? it doesn't stop people doing wrong and well you shouldn't do it you might do but at the same time we don't need to tell people not to kill because they're not going to kill for the most part so why have laws well I want to uh, open up the most famous laws as Rob was saying at the start of our service and to ask why do we have 10 laws why we don't need them to stop us committing murder not necessary why do we have them and I want to say there are three reasons one because we can trust God these words teach us to trust God to fear God and to follow God I'll tell you what I mean as I go along first to trust God because if you look at chapter 20 and verse 2 it says I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the house of Egypt out of the house of slavery in other words God's saying I don't want you to be slaves and so I'm going to tell you things to give you freedom not to make you slaves again in some of the old churches in England you go to there will be wooden boards with the Ten Commandments written on and I don't think they're good because they start with telling you what not to do but the Ten Commandments starts by telling you how good God is and normally those boards don't have verse 2 on them which is I want you to be free so trust God when he tells you that this is the way to freedom when a fireman takes you out of a burning house you want to listen to him when he tells you not to play with matches because he doesn't want you to go back into being burnt again God doesn't want us to go back to being slaves so he tells us how to be free trust these words are the words of freedom number one trust God number two 
fear God. The way to be free from slavery is not through willpower and discipline, it's learning to be scared of God. That's a strange thing to say, because we don't like being scared. And if God is good, why be scared of Him? And God is good. Last week, if you were here, and we looked at chapter 19, the chapter before, we see in verse 4 that God showed how he got them out of Egypt. It says, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. God is really good. But they were helpless. He carried them from being slaves to give them freedom. God is good. But now, having come from Egypt, they have this massive mountain smoking and the fire and, and the mountain is shaking and they're frightened. They're so frightened, if you look at uh, chapter 19, verse 12, they have to put safety boundaries everywhere. Safety barriers to stop people going onto the mountain in case they die. And if someone gets onto the mountain, they have, in verse 13 of chapter 19, either to throw stones and kill them, or to shoot arrows and kill them. Why? Because they themselves don't want to go onto the mountain. So they have to do this from afar. And why do they want to do this? Well, any community will only kill someone if that person threatens them and brings danger on them. And that's why they want to stop that person going further forward. And so therefore, uh, we have here a community that is very frightened. The mountain is trembling, the people are trembling, and they sound like frightened people. If you look at chapter 20 and verse 18, you will see how they are frightened. When all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and they said to Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us, we'll die. They were very frightened and they sound very frightened. Because meeting with God is very frightening. And that's why chapter 20, verse 20, is very strange if you look at it. Chapter 20, verse 20 says, Don't be afraid, but be afraid. Strange, isn't it? Don't be afraid. It says in chapter 20, verse 20, Moses said to the people, Do not fear. For God has come to test you, that the fear of him may rest on you. Don't be scared, be scared. Which? Well, what Moses is saying is, don't be scared of God as if he is a bad God. He is a great God, he is a good God. He's shown that the way he has looked after you. That kind of fear, fearing God as a bad person, is itself a bad thing. But at the same time, there is a healthy fear. It helps us sometimes to be scared. 
when you go to a tall building, 31 stories high, and you get to the edge, it's good to be frightened. Because it makes you step back. And in the same way, the fear of God will help us to step back from sin, which is a whole lot worse meeting God in anger than falling off the edge of a tall building. You fall off the edge of a tall building and you'd be strawberry jam in just about three seconds. But if you fall into God's anger, you will be in his judgment forever. Step back. Let the fear of God stop you and keep you from sin. And that is something, the fear of God, is something we have to learn. Anyone heard of, what's the, what's the Farsi word for leprosy? Anyone know leprosy? Uh, hmm? No, leprosy, leprosy. Where suddenly the finger falls off. Yes? Now, that is, that is because they can't feel. No, 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 no nerves. So, yeah. So, a, a, a leper can touch a kettle, they won't feel it is hot. But they will get badly burnt. Yes? Same way with us and God. We normally do not fear God. Everybody says God is fine, He is cool, He's like our granddad, and we don't fear Him. But lepers need to learn how to fear heat. And we need to learn how to fear God. And the way to learn how to fear God is to remember what it was like for people on that mountain. And think, whenever you come in front of God, remember that mountain. This is here in the Bible to help us to fear God. When you come to talk to Him, come like you're talking to the God of that mountain. And learn, teach yourself how to fear God and uh, you won't sin. But then there is a third reason. It is so that we can follow God. The law is freedom from slavery because it helps us to become like God. And God is not a slave. So we don't need to worry about listening to God and then becoming slaves because we just become like Him. And here's the thing to remember. The Ten Commandments help us to see how much we need the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me explain. First, it shows how much we need the Father and to see his character. When the Bible tells us, do this, it is because God does this. So look at verse 8, and look at the command that says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's verse 8. Why? Look at verse 11. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rest on the Sabbath day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So, be treat the Sabbath way like this because God treats it like this. It's so that you can be like Him. And know the joy of not being full of this world and this life and nothing else. We'll come to that later. But these are wonderful commands that are for believers who want to be, for children who want to be like their father. Most people in the world, this will not make sense. But if you're a child of God, you will want to learn the character of your father. The commands teach us that. Second, they show us how much we need the Son. Because the law shows us how much we break the law and need God to forgive us. In the fasting group earlier, we were talking about a 30 mile per hour speed limit. 30 mile per hour speed limit shows you that the law of uh, driving a car down that road is 30 miles per hour. Does the speed limit make people drive at 30 miles an hour? Well, Sue, you live on this road, don't you? You know what speed they go down. I don't think it's just 30 all the time. It's usually a lot more than that. That's right. So the law is there to show us people breaking the law and therefore deserving of punishment. And that is what the Bible tells us too. So now, Romans chapter 3. Uh, Romans chapter 3. Keep a finger in Exodus chapter 20. Go to Romans chapter 3. It's on page. I'll tell you when I get there. Uh, it's somewhere else got there first. Uh, Romans chapter 3, page 941. 941 in the English Bible. So uh, that's uh, towards the end. Page 941 of the New Testament part of the Bible. And I'm going to read chapter 3 and verse 20. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The speed limit, the 30 mile per hour speed limit sign is there to tell you that actually you're going too fast. It's, it's to show you that you are a sinner, not that you are a lawkeeper, because normally we drive past and break that law. And so when Jesus came, he did two things for lawbreakers that we need. Number one thing, he took the punishment for the way that we have broken the law. God was angry with him, not with us. But the second thing Jesus did when he died on the cross was that he took all the good that he did in his life, he kept the law every day. And that perfect law-keeping record he gives to people as a free gift. Say, have this. You can be as righteous, as perfect in the law as I am. And so therefore in Romans chapter 3 and verse 21, 
That's what it says. But now the righteousness of God, not just people righteousness, this is the righteousness of God, has been manifested apart from the law. Or that the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Any Christian who has asked Jesus to forgive them will be in front of God perfect because Jesus not only forgives, he also gives them his righteousness, his perfect track record with God. And so the law shows us how much we need him, how much we need God's character, how much we need the Son's obedience for our forgiveness and to keep the law for us. And then thirdly, the law shows us how much we need the Holy Spirit to do his work in us. We need the Holy Spirit to live this way. Let me ask you to think of a train engine, right? A train engine has all the power in the front, yes? And it pulls the coaches, it has power enough in the front to pull the coaches along the tracks. Okay, you can see that and you know that. Now, if you like, God, the Holy Spirit, is like the engine in the front and the tracks are the law and God now pulls his people the way they should go along the tracks of the law. Now, it's a stupid thing for us to say, forget the engine, I'll just take the tracks and I'll turn it into a ladder for me to climb up to God. <coughs> That's a silly thing to do because we will never climb up. But if the tracks, if the law is on the ground and God is in front leading us with the power of the engine pulling us, then we will start going down the tracks of the law because God is helping us to do that. And so what the Holy Spirit does is inside of us he produces desires to do what the law says. Now, uh, I won't ask the Farsi people to go there, but English people, if you can find your way to Jeremiah chapter 3, I'll tell you what page number it is. It's pretty much in the middle of the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 31, rather. And uh, that's on page 660. Page 660 and Jeremiah chapter 31. Um, while you're getting there, let me just read to you verses 31 to 33. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verses 31 to 33. Here goes. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, God's people in other words, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, I will put my law within them 
and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. It's a bit like this. Here is a lifeless glove. Okay? It won't do anything. Okay? This glove cannot do good. But the Holy Spirit comes and fills the glove and now it has new life to do good and to serve. And the good that we do, the good that the law wants us to do, the whole point of the law is so that we learn how to love. So look at Romans chapter 13 uh, and uh, you'll see how that is the case. In uh, Romans uh, chapter 13, Where is it? Page 945? 948, yes, good. Romans chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. And uh, you see Romans chapter 13, verse 9 and 10. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All the commandments are really to help us to love. And the Holy Spirit works inside to make us into loving people. Fantastic. And the match is amazing. So in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, they get to the mountain 50 days after the Passover lamb died in Egypt. And then in the New Testament, 50 days after Jesus, the Passover lamb dies, the Holy Spirit comes. And in that mountain there was fire, and on the day of Pentecost there was fire only personally. And people were filled to now suddenly start living the way God wants us to live. To start living like Jesus, who loved others. And so the Bible tells us that the way that uh, the difference the Holy Spirit makes, he makes us like Jesus. It's like, you know how when you grow an orange tree, and the orange tree has oranges, fruit, yes? Uh, Sinar, uh, could you just see? I think I can see see some fruit there in the bowl. Could you could you just go get a bowl throw 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 two to me? Um, just uh, yes, just throw throw. I, I can catch throw throw catch. Okay, so orange tree like this, right? Okay, orange tree. Why? Why? Because inside inside tree comes and then fruit. Yes? Now, you look uh, at Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 and I'll tell you what page number it is. Galatians chapter 5 verses 23 
can you see that the fruit of the Spirit from inside this new life comes from inside so let me read the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control you don't need a law for these things God grows these things in us without the law with the Holy Spirit and so therefore God makes us like Jesus all these things love joy peace you could say Jesus now these fruit coming up like Jesus makes us like Jesus and so it is uh, wonderful that uh, at the end result is the Holy Spirit like an engine takes us down the tracks of the law to make us love like Jesus so let's remember as we go home uh, three things first if you think Christianity is all about rules do this do this do this do this Islam is all about rules Christianity is all about freedom God says I will make you free come live this way live like me be free and uh, why wouldn't we want to see the freedom and the love that comes from following Jesus that comes from being God's people ask Jesus to make you one of his people today that you can be free live a new life maybe you've been to church lots of times and we've begun thinking that Christianity is all about uh, singing songs and we think well that's what God wants us to do go to church sing songs and after that we can go and do other things no let's not forget that mountain because we want to remember that fearing God will lead us to obey him and obeying him is always more important than doing religious things in a church and church on Sunday doesn't let us off obedience on Monday we need to fear God and remember how great a God he is not just when we're in church but when we're outside as well and if you are a real Christian I hope you come on these Sundays and learn all these different rules because they open up a whole new life and let me finish by explaining it that might be like this that those commands where you can look at them as a law you shall not shall not shall not shall not you must you can hear it like that 
But when the Holy Spirit works inside you, the law becomes promise. You shall not. I promise you a new life. Come live this way. And I will lead you with my powerful engine down the tracks of the law into a new life that will be like this. It will be like this in heaven. The, life, the, the place of perfect love. And on the way to heaven we will travel as God leads us by his engine along the tracks of the law to become more and more like him. I'll stop there and uh, we can maybe uh, pray together and uh, then I'll take questions and uh, you can make comments. Let me close in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for rules that shape relationship. And by your Holy Spirit, help us to hear these laws filled with that joyful trust, filled with a holy fear, and filled with a desire to follow you so we can be like you. So please would you help us to live new lives, new lives of love, new lives like Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen.